sounds of the evil. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. The All-American Welcome to another edition of the All-American Spook Show Podcast. I'm Josh, and once again, I'm joined with my good friend, Will. What's up? And the professor, Smoke. What's up? And uh, this is a rare occasion for us because uh, at least two of us are in the same room at the same time. Uh, me and Will are on or in studio. And so far, it's going better than the first time that we did this because <laughs> for our first episode, I got a ticket on the way over. Yeah, and then you ended up having to uh, sit in the car right. outside of my house while on Skype. Yeah, dedicated listeners will remember that because the car started going off. Uh, you heard the door close once yeah. or twice. <laughs> it just all added to the ambiance and the mood. <laughs> Pure suck. Which also, <laughs> which also leads me to uh, we actually were able, thanks to uh, Mad Monster Party, uh, which was here in late February in Charlotte, uh, Smoke was able to come up and we were actually able to get together and have dinner and uh, be in the same room for the first time in almost a decade. <laughs> Probably want to yeah. emphasize yeah, being in the same room long. because I had to sit on the other side of the table to keep my kids under uh, control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had, uh, I've got two kids, Will has two kids and uh, Smoke, you didn't bring any with you, but yeah, there was a lot of kid action yeah. going on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But that was awesome, though, to get to. I mean, I couldn't believe it had been that, like 10 years. I mean, over 10 years, probably, like more like 11 or so. Yeah, that's Since we've all, you know, all been yeah, in the same place at the same time. That's crazy. I didn't uh, I didn't think it had been that long, but I guess, you know, once we started uh, thinking about it, it, it's been a while. Yeah. Well, yeah, every time I come back up there, I end up, you know, missing Charlotte there. And, and of course, it changes a, a lot. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's been built up and stuff that's new stuff there and other old stuff that's not there anymore. Oh yeah, sometimes I drive around like you know I'll I'll drive to a certain section I haven't been to in a while and everything's changed. Oh yeah, e- even still living here, it's you know it's stuff's being built all the time, man. It's it's just changing all the time yeah. here. Um, it was good to see at least two things that are still there. Well, that, that I still go to anytime I'm pretty much in Charlotte if I have time, which is Manifest, which record store there, you know, which we had one in Columbia, the original Manifest used to be a hole in the wall in downtown Columbia when it first started, and then got a little bit bigger and it moved well it just closed its doors for good here uh, a few months back so, so that was kind of sad to see it go but at least the one in charlotte's still going and then lunchbox records off of central avenue over there still going good too yeah yeah lunchbox is still there i hope uh i hope they stay around for a, quite some time i mean they've been there a long time so hopefully they don't hopefully they don't go anywhere we have a, a new bit um we actually made some t-shirts available over on tpublic.com, you'll be able to uh, order at least. We have at least one, you know, just generic All American Spook Show podcast T-shirt available on there, or you know, at least the logo. But you can also order hoodies, uh, like baby onesies. Uh, uh, I believe they have mugs. Mug right yeah, there. mugs. Uh, covers. There's a pillow. <laughs> So basically, you can get just about anything they offer with the logo slapped on it. So, and hopefully, we'll have some new uh, uh, logo or not logos, but um, t-shirt designs available over time as we come up with them. But you can go over to T Public now and order those. 
Maybe we should talk to them and see if they can uh, do a uh, dartboard uh, with your face on it. Whose face? Uh, Josh. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no. <laughs> I, I would pay for it. <laughs> There'd be at least two people that would pay for that. <laughs> Three if you include my wife. <laughs> you can email us at allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at AA Spook Show. Uh, you can also look for the All American Spook Show on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and like I just mentioned, we now have a, a T Public uh, presence. So if you want to order anything, you can uh, help us, you know, help support the show that way. Um, so, uh, Will, you been uh, watching or doing anything interesting here lately? Uh, I've seen I've seen a few shows here lately. Uh, let's see. Me and the wife uh, watched uh, Bohemian Rhapsody last night. Uh, also watched Get Out. I finally got to see that. Uh, I have gotten caught up on Silicon Valley. Got caught up on uh, Crashing. I'm about halfway through uh, Runaways on Hulu. God, I feel like I've watched a lot more stuff, and I'm just spacing on what it is right now. Well, you've watched way more than I have recently, at yeah. least as far as TV shows. Oh, yeah. Well, there, there might have been a little downtime at work. <laughs> <laughs> you mean at home? Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I was just using work as like a hypothetical yeah, it's place. A, work is a metaphor for home. Yes. <laughs> Smoke, what about you? You been watching anything? Movies, TV, anything recently? Porn? Uh, oh, yes. Uh, plenty. Oh, well, oh, plenty of... Uh, no, no, the, oh, the movies, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, we did, well, as you mentioned earlier, that uh, we did go to Mad Monster Party in Charlotte. So, uh, ended up uh, up there. We saw Bruce Campbell was there. Daniel Harris. It's got a lot, you know, a lot of... I actually saw Daniel Harris in 92 at the uh, Weekend of Horrors I went to. When she was back, when she was still, I don't know, what, 9, 10, 11 or so? Mm-hmm. So that was, yeah, she was in uh, Halloween 4. Yeah. Of course, you know, yeah. she was, and then some other stuff after that, but, you know, Halloween 4 being right, the real first thing she really did. So that was shortly after that when I went to that convention. So. She was the one that we mentioned, I think, in the last, in last, in the last episode uh, oh, okay. in one of the Halloween movies, yeah. right? She was, like, standing yeah. there holding the knife with the clown outfit That's on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, she was there, and uh, it was a good time. Bruce Campbell hosted uh, The Last Fan Standing, which we kind of participated in, which was sort of like a game show where he hosted the, a trivia type of thing, and you had it, whoever was there in the in the tent, they had it outside in that tent area. Whoever answered all the questions right on the trivia get to go up to the podium and have like a head-to-head with the two or three other contestants. So that was a good time. How, did you, do, how did you do it? I mean, that? he made it interesting. Well, there was a little bit of technical issues as far as with his microphone and the audio from the microphone wasn't loud enough to hear. We got we got there before the before it started, of course, but not early enough, I guess, to get way up in the front. By the time we got there, a lot of that front section had already been filled in, so we're kind of towards the back. Couldn't hear the audio that well off the, I guess, the whole first set of questions. So that didn't you know work out so well for us that round, and so we didn't, we never got up to the actual podium. But it was still, you know, it was a good time to. Bruce Campbell made it entertaining as usual. I'm sure. Now, so even though we didn't get up there to the podium, it was still, it was still fun. <laughs> What'd you say, Will? Repeat that. 
I said, who is Bruce Campbell? <laughs> oh, come on! Is he the uh, oh, yeah, you know, well, of course. Hell, how, what, what hasn't that guy done now since what Evil Dead? And then from there to, you know, being linked with Sam Raimi, it was like Xena and Hercules. And, Bubba uh, Hotep. Bubba Hotep, yeah. And then, of course, non-horror occult-related things like Burn Notice, that TV series. Yeah. I never watched that one. Did you Did you ever watch that? I saw. I, I liked that, the episodes I saw. I haven't seen the whole thing by any means. But actually, I was working at a TV station in, uh, when I was down in Texas. Fox affiliate had Burn Notice on at night. So I would see it in passing that way, you know, when I was, like, editing it for commercials and whatnot. Ah. So uh, I saw some of the episodes then. But yeah, I'd like to go back and... And like actually watch the whole series because it was, it was good. What I saw. So you uh, been watching anything else recently, or I mean, other than uh, yeah, that? I saw uh, <laughs> Lords of Chaos. I saw, and uh, I can't really. I don't. I'm too firmly entrenched, I guess, in the whole, in black metal and everything to really give it a unbiased opinion or review on it. Except uh, it was it was pretty brutal. You know, they didn't flinch on some of those aspects of what went on. In that Norwegian black metal scene in the early '90s, you know, they didn't flinch on the the violence by any means. So. So, it's actually pretty gorier than some horror movies I've probably seen recently. So what is? I I, I really don't know anything about that one. What is that about? Uh, it's about well, it's purported to be somewhat based on the true story of in the '90s when black metal was coming up in Norway, at least the second wave bands like Mayhem, Burzum, Emperor. Uh, as they were coming along, there was you know rashes of like church burnings and then there was murders and things of that nature you know that was going on mm-hmm. in the scene at the time so and this movie kind of there's a book written called lords of chaos too uh, and of course it you know plays up all the all those elements mm-hmm. of the story and the movie kind of plays off of that book but not as detailed do you recommend it uh, i'd say i'd say see it and i guess form your own opinions if you don't I guess have any you know knowledge or ties or anything with like black metal, then you could see it unbiased and probably get even more enjoyment out of it. I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd recommend it. I guess for that reason. I have to check it out whenever. It's, but uh, not available. as a not as a document, I guess, of what of the music and of the bands necessarily. You know, I think they took a lot of took a lot of liberties with with uh, I guess characters and things they didn't know. So they had to you know fill in the gaps. Uh, myself, I watched. Uh... I watched uh, Demons the other night. Who was is that a questionable directed movie? Like they don't really know exactly who directed it, or is it? Oh, uh, well, it was Lamberto Bava. Lamberto Bava on the yeah, yeah. He was the one that's attached to it as director, but Dario Argento produced it, and I think Argento probably had a heavy hand in yeah, in the making were, of it as well. From what I can understand, it, it sounded like there was a couple fingers in the pie, so I didn't know if yeah there was one guy that got credit for that one or not. But yeah, I just watched that. Yeah, Bava, Lamberto Bava got okay. This actual director's credit for it um i just watched that the other night and man we definitely need to do that one <laughs> we need to do that podcast soon <laughs> i have like I, I was i was messaging with smoke you know after i watched it and i got way too many questions about that movie to uh <laughs> let that one slide by it, it was really good i enjoyed it it's just there's a lot of like what the fuck is going on here especially uh <laughs> those last 20 or 30 minutes man yeah we'll definitely have to get around to that one Fairly soon, hopefully, in that because yeah, that's one of those I guess personal favorites of mine from back in the '80s too. And that whole Italian—that's the whole thing. We haven't done that yet. I don't think we've done an Italian film on the podcast yet. So 
Well, which, so that's a whole other world of you know things to get into as far as uh, Italians were great technically and visually at you know composing scenes and the cinematography and everything, but sometimes you know not always great with the script of like plot, you know. <laughs> well, we did do one. Remember, we did Suspiria, right? Oh yeah, that's right. We did do. Yeah, Suspiria. yeah. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now it's not. It's not as uh, this one isn't as artsy as that one for sure. That's right. Yeah. It's yeah. not. It's gory. You know. It's a uh, uh, a monster movie basically compared to that. But <laughs> but remember, Willie loved that one when we did Suspiria. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One of the greatest movies ever. <laughs> if you want to know more about that, find I think that was episode three, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Of the spook show. I guess yeah, I, I forgot that we had done Suspiria, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it has been a while. I mean, like, even mm. though this is only episode seven, it's taken us uh, 15 years. Yeah, we, <laughs> it's taken four months to do seven episodes, so <laughs> so it's easy to forget what we might have done four months ago. True, yeah. Trying to uh, to wrangle three people's different ske- three different schedules. Yeah, it's <laughs> been it's been rough over the last month. That's why there was such a big gap between episode six and seven. If anyone is, if anyone actually downloads these and pays attention, then uh, you'll notice that it's been about a month. So hopefully we can uh, start to do these with more regularity once our all of our work schedules start gelling at some point. That being said, this particular episode, episode seven, we will be reviewing slash discussing the nineteen eighty seven cult classic street trash which I, I think i failed to mention at any point before we started and anything we've said before this so oh good god i didn't watch that movie uh-oh oh shit. that was what we were doing today. Oh. well that's it for this week's uh, edition uh, we'll see you in a month when we can record this again um but yeah no that's that's what we'll be discussing today street trash um so i guess without further ado here's the trailer for that I don't need this. Are you tired of the same old routine? My wife, my Busting your hump and getting nowhere? This just ain't my day. The boss, is he always on your back? Nice, my ass belongs in your chair, not in your lap, which is where you keep trying to put it. You bastard! The wife. You know? And the kids. Is that right? They never listen. I hate to see a person's life away in them goddamn computers. Do you ever feel like forgetting the whole thing. You think I got it easy? Well, now you can. I'm talking about life! Drop out and join the ranks of the few. The filthy. The trash. <laughs> I got my own place, a condominium. Where else can you live for free? And eat for even less? Well, be forewarned. Freedom has its price. Yes, there's always a snake in the Garden of Eden. What you got for me today? Today? Ten of Viper. One buck. Here's to you, pussy. <laughs> Don't drink my Viper. Watch. Street trash. It's easy to find us. We're 
over the place. Street Trash. Alright, so uh, there is the trailer for Street Trash. Um, Smoke, um, I guess give us some of the background and, and history of... Uh, your experience with this movie. Actually, let me translate that for you, Smoke. Uh, what the hell? <laughs> oh, what? Well, y'all didn't fall in love with Street Trash? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't say I didn't enjoy it. I'm just saying what the hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? Yeah, oh, yeah. This is one of those movies, well, one of those movies I would, yeah, I'd seen way back when, but I would pull out, like, for later, you know, a group of friends or whatever. Hey, let's watch Street Trash, and then, you know. It's all well and good until it gets to certain scenes in there, and you know the one scene. <laughs> Thirty minutes in, they're all ready to beat the... I was like, what in the absolute hell? Thirty, forty yeah. minutes in, they're ready to beat the shit out of smoke. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my first experience with it was, uh, and actually right before, shortly before we started the po- recording this podcast, I put up an image of a magazine called Deep Red, which is uh, Chaz Balin, who was passed on now sometime back in, I think, 2012 or so. But uh, he was a huge within the horror community as far as a horror columnist and journalist and everything. He wrote for Fangoria. He did some articles in Gore Zone. But he had his own fanzine called Deep Red. And it was a 1988 issue that Street Trash I know was made in 87. I'm not sure if it came out on video in 88 or exactly when or later in 87. But when I came across it was through that magazine article. I it was a cover photo. I, I think through, through some of my uh, research on this... Uh, it seems like it was really it had like a small theatrical release. I don't think this was a wide play, and I yeah, think probably it, New York. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, and I think it was released on VHS the same, like pretty much you know the same year, like probably later in the year or something. In later in '87 or something. And yeah, I didn't. I don't remember if I mean I may have heard about it in Fango or Gorzon. They may have mentioned it, but it was that article that really brought it my attention because it was a cover photo of the the meltdown. Basically, it was a Wizzy's meltdown on the wall, you know. Mm-hmm. was the cover photo of the magazine. And it had a pretty lengthy article on the movie and Roy Frumka's filmmaker. Fucking Wizzy. And, uh, <laughs> fucking Wizzy, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I promptly went out after I'd read that to the video store and found it. And it's that easy, too, at that time. I mean, I don't know it's easier now, of course. You know, you just go, go online, find it streaming, and yeah. it's right there. But Far easier now. Yeah. <laughs> Matter of fact, and last I checked, this movie is on YouTube. So if you don't feel like oh, paying for it, on yeah, I'm pretty sure the full movie is on YouTube. Um, yep, it's definitely harder, I guess, back then. To find. Although, I mean, video stores, luckily where I'm at, catered to. There was a lot of good cult films you could find, and that was right there with everything else, you know. As far well, not blockbuster though. You know, we're not talking about blockbuster and in the more corporate, I guess, video stores, but the little mom and pop video stores would always have that type of stuff stock. Will, what was your uh, initial reactions upon viewing this epic film? It, it was definitely uh, one of the more gory movies I think we've uh, done so far. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, as far as the technical aspects of it, I mean, it was very much a uh, very practical. I mean, obviously, you know, it was done back in the 80s, so... Uh, far as story there's there's really not much there but that's that's not what you're there to enjoy they try lord knows they try <laughs> how about you smoke <laughs> well yeah what, as far as the uh, yeah what were your yeah, initial the, uh, reactions like you know i guess around the first time you saw it oh yeah the first time i saw it i was 
and to get that perspective in the 80s i was like hardcore into splatter and all that type of stuff so the most the most extreme splatter you could get i'd be all about it so seeing that they, they definitely delivered on that front you know and i thought it had like at that time really kind of innovative camera work with the with those Steadicam shots that you didn't really see that much except out of certain like auteur type horror movies like Evil Dead, you know. Definitely did enjoy it and like I, like I was saying, I would pass it on to other friends, you know, whether they wanted to see it or not. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of the way you have to you have to assault somebody with this movie. That's right, yeah. Yeah, I was good at that back in high school and stuff. They're like, hey, here's Faces of Death. You want to watch that? Okay. Ah! <laughs> um, Cannibal Holocaust, maybe? Okay, we can watch that, you know, breakfast. I had only seen this movie in passing, like drips and drabs but i'd never actually sat down i mean i knew i knew of its existence and i'd seen scenes mm -hmm. and stuff like that but i'd never actually sat down and watched it uh front to back until now um yeah i enjoy it for what it is i mean <laughs> you're not you're not watching the uh, uh, uh citizen kane unless you call this the citizen kane of uh <laughs> melt movies <laughs> yeah, sorry oh and i and i was before we i guess too i need to like I can, I can explain my star ratings too sometimes for things because there's there's some things situations where yeah I might rate something like Citizen Kane you know it's whatever this high movie and then I'll take something that's like bottom of the dregs to most people and I might give it the same rating that I gave Citizen Kane for you know for instance but mm -hmm. not because I think it's made any better but it, my star rating is strictly based on my enjoyment of what I get out of it I guess yeah I mean I think we're all kind of kind of the same I mean like. You have probably yeah. a deeper history and appreciation for some of these movies than either one of us, especially Will. Um, but say, like for instance, back in episode one, you gave Reanimator five stars. Oh yeah. So yeah. you know, yeah. and and that's the only one I think <laughs> out of any of them so far that have gotten five stars. So I mean, that gives yeah. you an indicator of where your scale is. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's just like it's yeah. Over the years is how many times I've seen something, what it, how it impacted me in the beginning, and how many times I've seen it afterwards, and what I still think about it now. Yeah. Kind of all plays yeah. into it. And not necessarily technical skills of, you know, like, I mean, some people that might rate movies would rate things based on a technical side of it. Yeah. Give something higher or something lower, depending on. Or script, you know, dialogue, things of that nature. We're not Siskel and Ebert. Yeah, that's right. We're not, we're not going right. to judge things the same way they do, but I mean, I think anyone listening yeah. to a random horror podcast is probably going to realize that. So, true. <laughs> um, all right. So, with that, I'll, I'll go into some of the the background and details of this movie. Street Trash was released in September on September sixteenth, nineteen eighty seven. Um, like I just said, uh, from what I could tell, it was kind of had a limited theatrical release. I think in New York, maybe some other big cities, but definitely in New York. Um, and, and, and from what I could tell, it was released on VHS the same year. So I'm assuming, you know, sometime before the uh, end of 1987, if that's correct. The total runtime for this movie is one hour, 31 minutes. Uh, now I thought this was interesting cause it has, uh, it has a number of labels. Uh, it's listed as a comedy slash horror in that order. Um, then I saw somewhere else they listed it as a black comedy slash body horror. I've never heard of a of body horror, but I guess it applies for this movie. Um, yeah, I guess that, I think that term came along from David. They had to apply it to David Cronenberg movies. <laughs> yeah, when it came along, and and that type of uh, yeah. I guess you could even call it Reanimator a body horror, right? True. Yeah. 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 Um, and then also Body Melt became its own series too. There's a movie called Body Melt, 
and Slime City and yeah, yeah. I made a note of that. Is that basically like this was kind of part of a subgenre called melt movies. Yeah. And uh, other examples of that were, like you said, Slime City in 1988 and The Stuff from 1985. Yeah, The Stuff. Yeah. Um. It was distributed by Lightning Pictures, which is like a, a sister slash cousin of Vestron Pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Vestron, I think probably their most notable movie was uh, um, Dirty Dancing, right? I mean, as far yeah, as like, part, you know, yeah, as far as distri- distribution, yeah, yeah, I think that was the biggest movie they probably put out. Yeah. But they're also known for uh, Blood Diner. Oh Ch- yeah. Chud 2. Another one we need to. <laughs> Chud 2, Blood, uh, Bud the Chud, uh, Class of 1999, mm-hmm. um, Ghoulies 3, Ghoulies Go to College. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, it, I noted that uh, Vestron and Slash Lightning Pictures also, it went belly up by 1992. So not, I think 91 and then early 92 was the last the last movies they released, and then that was it for them. Um, yeah, I got a, got a ton of... Of uh, VHS tapes from Lightning and also Vestron. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I'm sure at some point or another, maybe we can uh, have a podcast about just the history of of some some of these. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Definitely. Some of these companies like Vestron and Lightning and all the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, this and there's some specific to horror, you know, like Midnight Video, etc. Yeah, I mean because they released yeah. movies that weren't horror. Obviously, I mean like this wasn't just a horror. Oh, label, Vestron, so, yeah, certainly, yeah. yeah. Vestron and Lightning too. But yeah, this particular movie, Street Trash, it stars Mike Lackey as Fred. Now I noted, I noted the striking resemblance uh, for any anyone out there, and we talked about this when we had dinner a couple weeks ago. Uh, the main dude, Mike Lackey, mm-hmm. he had a striking resemblance to uh, another movie, a guy in another movie. Manos, the hands of fate. One of the main <laughs> characters. His name is Torgo. And I, I'll post it. I haven't posted it yet, but I'll post it up on Instagram and some of our socials. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, you need to you see need, the yeah, compare. Yeah. You need to see the comparison of these two dudes. I mean, like it's almost <laughs> dead on. And if they didn't plan it, stroke of genius. For at least you know the the five or six people that would notice this. <laughs> um. But yeah, he's basically the main character. And something kind of interesting about that is uh, he was also the makeup guy for this movie. Did yeah, he, that's right. Yeah. Did he do or the... At least one of them, right? There's a few of them. Yeah, was, yeah, I'm sure he was part of a team, yeah. Yeah, he did the make. <laughs> he did the makeup, and, uh, well, we're not going to go into what else he did. We'll go into that later in the movie. Let's just say he was a prop guy later on. <laughs> <laughs> well, he also, I know he, that he also did... Uh, I didn't even realize this, too, until I was, came across that his name was attached to... Uh, Oh, for makeup effects for I Was a Teenage Zombie, which, mm. speaking of VHS, too, that was another <laughs> another one I got on tape. That one is definitely an acquired taste. It's nowhere near as entertaining as, as Street Trash, but, I mean, it's got its moments, you know. Once again, another, another one we will eventually get to one of these, one yes. of these days. <laughs> um, it also stars Bill Sheppel, I guess is how you say his name, as Bill the Cop. Um, Who was an actual cop, right? I, mean, <laughs> I, I think I think he was once upon a time, right? PD yeah. cop before the movie uh, was taped. And, and that's another thing I'll point out about you know as I as I say some of these names, uh, the one thing you'll find if you look into it, like a lot of these people in this movie. Now some of them involved went on to other things, but a lot of the people, at least as far as the actors are concerned, this was pretty much it. This is just about the only thing most of them did. 
which I'm guessing means it was a very pleasant experience filming this this movie. <laughs> they probably all just wrote off the profession after a couple of scenes. Well, except for except for one person. Uh, it was a uh, production assistant named Brian Singer. Yeah, he went on to to do a few things, uh, which I have listed here. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Seems the, familiar. I think I've heard his name. Before the then. usual suspects: X Men One, X Men Two, X Men Future. Uh, what Days of Future Past, X Men Apocalypse, Superman Returns, and most recently Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, and he was just a, a lowly PA assistant on this movie. Yeah, right? he's a grip. So yeah. He's, <laughs> but I think this was like from what I uh, looked. I think this was like the first thing he ever did or something, right? So I think so at least. But it, even if it wasn't the very first thing, it was very early on, obviously. Um, well, it's probably it's, it's just some guy who just happens to also be named Brian Singer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all these years, they just they just thought it was that guy. Yeah. Eh, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Vic Noto as Bronson, who's a big part of this movie. Um, he the the only other thing I thought this was kind of funny. The one of the other I mean he played in many things, a lot of TV shows, a lot of movies and stuff. But I noticed he had a uncredited role as a biker in Death Wish Three, which star which stars Charles Bronson, and his name is Bronson. So, now I believe this was I'm not sure which came first, the chicken or the egg. It was either this movie or Death Wish Three. I'm not sure which one came out first, but I thought that was pretty funny. They really missed their opportunity to come out with Bronson and Bronson. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Bronson versus Bronson. <laughs> now, like something I found on uh, found online was uh, uh, Bronson was cast uh, less than twelve hours before uh, photography commenced. Uh, you couldn't tell. <laughs> uh, as a matter of fact, like he he went on to say, like he was playing the scene, scene by scene. Like, he had not read ahead of the movie. So, like, he's just reacting to the uh, to the scene, like, I guess, day of. Once again, you couldn't tell. I mean, he's such, <laughs> he's such a pro. <laughs> Who would have well, thought? In that one scene, too, well, I'm a, when we get to... But the, the air support scene, you know, where you, where you yell yeah. air support, and then yeah, there's, like, yeah. a, a... A plane. <laughs> a passenger airplane flying overhead type thing. By the way, that scene, was, uh, uh, that was ad-libbed. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. I'd heard something about that, right? That he, because <laughs> it was something to do with the planes kept flying over, right? During yeah. the scenes, and yeah. They were having to reshoot, um, and then he just added that in there, or something, something along that those lines, I believe, right? It also stars Pat Ryan as Frank Schneiser. I think that's the uh, that's the big dude, right? That like owns the junkyard. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. He was in a, a couple of trauma movies, and he actually died of a heart attack in 1991. Once again, seeing this dude, surprise, surprise, he dies of, <laughs> yeah. he dies of a heart attack shortly thereafter. Um, <laughs> so it was direct. Uh, the director and the the uh, person that wrote the story is James M. Muro, also known as J. Michael Muro. And this is the only movie he directed, but. Um, He's done a lot of like TV and stuff over the last decade, but he was basically, he basically became, I guess, shortly after this, James James Cameron's Steadicam man of choice. Um, yep. And you see some of that camera work in this movie, which I alluded to earlier, with the Steadicam shot, some really cool Steadicam shots, and 
you know, some other uh, shots. You can definitely tell he had his finger in it, you know, knowing what he mm-hmm. went on to after this. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's, he's known as a Steadicam guy, a cinematographer, and he did that work on Brain Damage, Maniac Cop, Slime City, Friday the 13th, Part 7, Jason Takes Manhattan, um, The Abyss, Predator 2, and like I said, you know, he was uh, he worked a lot with James Cameron, so he's done a lot of stuff, And but this was his start, and the only movie he ever directed. Yeah. yeah. Son, you have an eye. You don't have directed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that definitely, I think that camera work definitely sets the pace for the movie, as far as, without that it wouldn't have been as dynamic, I think, in certain scenes without that steady camera. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not as glaring as, say, like, going back and looking at, uh, uh, like, Evil Dead, the first Evil Dead movie, you know, the beginning of yeah, Sam where Raimi, was, where yeah. you can see that style in it, you know, like, yeah. it's 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 almost like that, not not quite as uh, glaring, but it's kind of like that, where you can see the early style in it, you know, of a, uh, of a guy learning the craft. Yeah. Um, this was uh, based on a student film that he made. Um, and that one also had Mike Lackey. Now I sent you guys the, uh, link that's actually on YouTube and I'll put Mm. it on, uh, the show notes and we'll send it out. But yeah, you can actually watch like the, uh, I think it's about 13, 14 minutes, something like that. 15. You can Mm. actually see all the early, uh, or, you know, the, the student film, which is the early, uh, based on whatever the early, you get what I'm saying. And what I would say about the, uh, the, uh, the student film is definitely watch the the full movie first and get an appreciation for the acting in that. Yeah. yeah. Because when you go back to that student film, good God. <laughs> yeah. That is a clear cut case of like something being taken and made way better than what it was. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, as far but as the, the but short the, film being, you know, the funny thing is you see the student film and you see that where they hit the high notes yeah you know what i mean like you know like you still see the movie except just take all that shit with bronson and the cop and stuff out of it which you know obviously is what makes the movie itself but just take all that shit out and almost everything else is what you see with the exception (laughs) of one big scene of course but you see that in the student film one thing it didn't have, which was surprising because James Miro was behind it, was any steady cam working it that I could notice yeah. or anything. I guess he couldn't get a hold of it as uh, you know, Probably. the rig or something. At that time, yeah, probably as a student so. filmmaker. And uh, and a lot of times, though, you know, you take you take certain short films that maybe get a little bit of acclaim, and then when they go to blow it up into a feature length film, sometimes those other scenes and exposition and things don't add to it, but take away from it. You know, they got to kind of come up with ideas. But what yeah. can we do to fill out this running time? Put this here, put that there. This is like the opposite of that. <laughs> like all the things I think they put in definitely made it even better, you know. Uh, so like I said, Mike Lackey's in that, so he plays the same part, Fred. There's a different guy playing Ed, the liquor store guy. But like I think a couple of the oh, hobos are the same. The Wizzy. Pretty sure yeah, the dude Wizzy. that plays Wizzy's the same guy. And I think maybe the Bad Breath dude might be the same hobo. Yeah. What's his name? Paul? Polly, Paul? Polly, I think. Polly? Yeah, oh, heavy set yeah. guy, right? No, no, it's the. Uh, no, no, I'm saying the heavy set guy was. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, he was in it too. Yeah, yeah he was yeah, in the, there, yeah. the big, right. the big. Well, not the, not the, not the big not fat the, uh, junkyard owner, but uh, the other, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, the tubby hobo. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that, he actually had a bigger role, I think, in that movie, right? In the short film, than he did as far as speaking parts. 
Yeah, well, more so yeah, than, yeah. I mean, because for the most part in the movie, I mean, he, he's just kind of around and goes, "Hey." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The awkward like laugh and awkward stare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his awkward his walk, the way his awkward walk. I'll tell you this: I didn't, I didn't pay attention to who the uh, who cast this movie. I'm assuming that Mur- Murrow had a big, you know, hand in that. But man, he he had an eye for fucking hobos. I'll give him that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. pretty authentic in that. that yeah, I mean, he's got some uh, authentic-looking, dire-looking <laughs> mofo's in this movie, man. <laughs> that being said, but, uh, they're, they're extra fucking creepy, though. Especially, yeah, oh, especially yeah. in that yeah. one. Well, we'll get it though. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was written slash produced by Roy Frumkus, who also played the melted businessman. You remember, like the dudes underneath the grating or whatever the guy melts and it falls yeah, on his face. The, the that's, him. that's that's the guy the, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the fire escape. Yeah, um, fire escape thing. That's the guy that uh, produced it, and he also wrote it. Roy Frumkus. He yeah. also wrote the substitute, that Tom Berger movie that came out like in the early '90s, if you recall that. Um, <laughs> it was filmed in Brooklyn. Uh, Ed's liquor store was in Hoboken, New Jersey, but most of this was filmed in Brooklyn. Um, now I saw two kind of conflicting things. One, one, it looked like it was shot over the course of about six weeks, but another thing I saw said it was shot over the course of 13 weeks, but either way it was shot in the summer of 1985, like mid to late summer of 85 is when this was shot. Um, which, which means it took them two years to put this thing together and actually get it released. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it had a budget of $500,000, but I, I never saw any, like, amount of money that it took in because I don't think it played wide enough to make anything, probably. So yeah. I'm sure it's Probably made, made most of its money back in the video market. I'm sure, yeah. I'm I mean, sure but it, it did make that. Any Anything that it made, yeah, I'm sure was uh, yeah. secondhand or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I guess, I mean, does anyone else have anything to add before we go into the, into the blow-by-blow? Oh, uh, well, I guess... About Roy Frumkus too, as far as his, he's not, he wasn't that prolific of a filmmaker, but I mean, you had mentioned the substitute, and, but to like, I guess to horror fans at the time, when, when that movie came out, when Street Trash came out, and it was in that article in that magazine, Deep Breath, also talked about Frumkus being, uh, contacting George Romero back when Romero was shooting Dawn of the Dead in the Monroeville Mall outside of Pittsburgh, and uh, was actually allowed on the set with a camera crew and to document what was going on, you know, on the, on the set of Dawn of the Dead at the time, and then he released that some years later as Documented, which I, do, I highly recommend that documentary if you, even if you don't necessarily like the original Dawn of the Dead over the, yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't, but <laughs> there's a great documentary on behind-the-scenes film of a low-budget filmmaker and what, you know, struggles they had to go through and stuff. So definitely recommend that one, and he was behind that. When we mentioned uh, Italian horror, we were talking about earlier. This is another one we probably have to get around to at some point, but there's an Italian movie called Zombie Holocaust that back in the 80s when they were, you know, American distributors were buying up these uh, these explo- exploitation movies and putting them in the grind houses on like 42nd Street, retitling them. Sometimes they would add extra footage. And he directed a short film, I guess, in, in when he was in a student film or whatever called Tales That'll Tear Your Heart Out. Mm-hmm. Like a little zombie, little, I mean, really low budget student film. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they ended up tacking some of that footage onto the beginning of Zombie Holocaust and they retitled that movie Dr. Butcher MD. Hmm. So for some reason, they, they, they tacked this footage on there and it's but, weird. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's no, no 
no real tie-in to the rest of the movie. <laughs> it's weird how they would they had this practice back in like the I guess in the '60s and '70s and even in the '80s of like retitling movies depending on where they were playing at. Oh yeah, yeah. Sometimes eight, nine, ten, eleven different titles for a movie. It's weird. I mean, like I mean, over could, the course of different countries and things. Well, you could expect it going say from country to country because certain words translate in different ways. You know, I get, I get that, but uh, like you know, it having a different name in the Carolinas versus. You know, up north oh, or yeah, something yeah. kind of weird, but <laughs> I guess they had to do whatever they had to do to get you know the regional folks in the th- into the drive-ins and the theaters. <laughs> I guess I, I wonder if this movie would have had a name change for here. Would it be called "Damn Yankees"? <laughs> <laughs> Damn Yankees with their melty heads. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, I guess we'll uh, go into the movie. So it starts with the uh, street trash title screen. Um, nothing special. I mean, it's pretty generic. Like, just says street trash in yellow, like on black background. Nothing crazy. Um, then you sh- you see uh, young hobo Fred. Um, he follows uh, like so. I guess like the the liquor the guy that works at the liquor store comes out to like put the trash out or something, and uh, then he kind of like the guy goes back in and he kind of follows him. He's like crouched behind him. And he follows him into the store. And then, the, and then the dude bends over and farts in Fred's face. <laughs> so right from the like the first thirty seconds Welcome of the movie, yeah. There's some highbrow highbrow material. That's right. Here. Oh, yeah, what was, yeah, and what was the uh, the uh, tagline? Oh, things in New York are about to go down the toilet. Yeah. And so is this podcast actually. Yeah. <laughs> it already has. It already has. Um, so late. yeah. Uh, this is what we're talking about here is a dude farting in another guy's face right in the first 30 seconds of the movie. Um, but he grabs like a, they kinda, in for after that. he turns around and uh, they, they kind of look at each other. He grabs a bottle of liquor and runs out. And then the dude starts chasing after him. Uh, then like, I guess they're running down the street and a car crashes. Um, oh, let me, let me point something out about that car crash. Uh, I'm sitting there watching it for the first time, and something jumped out to me, and I was like, something wasn't right. So I like, rewound it. Clearly there's somebody driving the car when it's leading up to the wreck. When the actual <laughs> wreck happens, and I don't know, there, there's something that just drew my eye to the driver's seat. There's nobody in there. <laughs> and then the next scene, like, like there's an edit right there, and then you see the guy getting out of the car. <laughs> No, they couldn't pay any stunt people. Though. Yeah, I was about to say like, they couldn't afford. Car? Oh, fuck that! No. <laughs> they couldn't afford any stunt men, so <laughs> we'll put a two by four and lodge it in the gas pedal. And, and they hope that Willie would, and they hope that Willie wouldn't notice thirty two years later. But <laughs> <laughs> you can't get shit past me. <laughs> um, so yeah, the car crashes. Like they're still chasing each other around. He jump. Fred jumps over something, and like the, uh, there's two hobos, which I guess one of them's Wizzy. He's standing there like holding up another guy for money or something. And he grabs, the, <laughs> Fred grabs the money and runs off. And uh, now he's got a couple of them running after him. He kind of gets cornered by two or three dudes. And then like a ladder from the fire escape just drops right in front of him. He starts to climb up and uh, then realizes that the building is on fire. So he goes, doesn't he like, he jumps to a window, right? Or he goes... Mm-hmm. He goes in a window <laughs> from the fire escape, and then there's just these two lame-ass people, guy and a girl, screwing. Just <laughs> going to town. And uh, he's like, he's like, uh, quick, uh, the building's on fire. You got to get out. And then, like, the guy he jumps off over. Yeah, and then, like, she, she jumps up, and he just slaps her in the ass. Um, now they're just butt-naked, like, dick swinging in the wind. <laughs> 
<laughs> running out, running of, down the stairs, running out of the building. Um, I want to say they were another the piece only of trivia that was actually day. Roy Frumkus's apartment too. <laughs> that where they shot that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know about that necessary room, but I mean that apartment building was too. <laughs> yeah, I want to say they weren't the only ones running out naked. Yeah, there was a there was a handful of people. <laughs> <Yeah>. that... <laughs> I mean, it's the middle of the day. I could understand middle of the night. You know, you just want to get out. But... Well, I guess you got nothing better to do in the in the slums, you know, but just sit around in the middle of the day and screw, or or just sit around butt naked for no reason at all. Um, Particularly hot day in New York that day. I, I guess, yeah. This, like I said, this was filmed in the summertime. Of uh, once again, uh, a standard of our uh, podcast is to exclaim 1985, and this was filmed in the summer of '85. So, once again, that year rears its ugly head. He runs out and he jumps onto the back of a garbage truck, and, and you know he gets away. And then he jumps out a little while later. He jumps out of the garbage truck because it's about to like slam down on him, and he leaves the money in there that he stole from Wizzy. And I believe it's only like three dollars too. Like you can see it. Like they show the money laying there, and it's just three dollar bills. So all this over <laughs> three dollars. Um, yeah. and he and he basically even takes a hit out on him to an extent in the hobo community over this three dollars. <laughs> well, nobody said that they were necessarily sane. Well, obviously they're not, which leads us to Bronson. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so now it cuts back to the, now you're, you see the junkyard. This is where a lot of this movie takes place is in this random junkyard somewhere in, in New York, which I don't know if they ever really established that this is New York. It could be anywhere city USA, yeah, well, right? But I think I did see a shot of the twin towers through some, through yeah, so one I of guess, the locations. I guess they maybe they just assume that you'll figure it out from the landscape, yeah, but, uh, I don't know if they ever actually say this is New York city. Or Brooklyn. Yeah, or I don't think they do in the movie. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Right? But I mean, they got that tagline about New York and all that. But in the actual movie, I don't think they yeah, ever established yeah, yeah. it. Now, Wizzy is telling Bronson that he lost the money, and uh, <laughs> Bronson's sitting there with this with this scaggy hobo girl. <laughs> Her name was Wynette, <laughs> by the way. Um, I guess Wino Wynette. <laughs> Um, I thought her name was bitch. <laughs> yeah, well, that's all he ever calls her. But the funny thing, like, and this happens, and this happens a couple, and this happens a couple times in the times in the movie too, where like they're having the most unsexy sex. I guess it is. I don't know what the hell they're doing. He's just, yeah, baby, that's right. He's just groping the hell out of her, and she's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, screw me or fuck me, whatever she's saying, and he's like, Ugh. I don't know, it's weak. It's some weak shit, but I guess that's how crazy Vietnam vet hobos do their business. We're all damaged, so. and we got to get stuff done, so come on. <laughs> See, how uh, it shows Fred walking down the street, and, he, and he's walking past. There's this hobo with no hands. I'm assuming this isn't a makeup job. Like This dude straight up probably doesn't have hands. Yeah. And I think he's smoking. Yeah, he's sitting there smoking a cigarette with no hands. And then there's a lady in the background sitting on like a bouncing horse, like an old school, like 1965 bouncy horse in the middle of the street. Um, so he really sets and, uh, the. Freddie's like, like delivering the one liners to him as he's walking by, right? Yeah, you yeah, yeah. How's it going? Yeah, rock away, baby. Whatever he's saying. <laughs> um, so then it shows, uh, it goes to the Ed's liquor store. So you see the, uh, I'm assuming this is Ed, the liquor store guy, um, wh which I, I made note of this. The guy's real name is M. Django Crunch. 
<laughs> I think I would have used his real name for that one. Yeah, yeah. They make M. Django Crunch. They make him change his name to Ed. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it cuts to him. He's he's like down in the basement of his liquor store, and he, for whatever reason, he's searching for some stuff, and then completely un uh, unspurred, he just decides to take a panel off the wall and finds a box of liquor back behind the wall. And it's, uh, as we come to find, it's called Viper, or Tenafly Viper. Mm. Um, I also made Which in the original was, short film, it was Thunderbird, right? Yeah, yeah, it was just Thunderbird. <laughs> I'm sure Thunderbird wouldn't want that necessarily, that kind yeah, of Yeah, I'm uh, sure that's why they, they changed it to some generic name, but yeah. Viper is cooler anyways. Um, yeah, definitely. I also made note of, like, all right, so this guy's down there digging around, finds this shit in a wall. It's really old, so he decides to put it out for a dollar a bottle. Um, but he comes up in his store, and I think I pointed this out to Willie, his store is well-stocked. Like, why is he down there <laughs> looking for random alcohol to sell? Because, I mean, he's got tons of it in his store. <laughs> but I guess we should learn not to punch too many holes in this movie, so we should probably stop now. Well, that was actually a collector's piece, so he was trying to help the guys out. Oh, yeah. That's true, then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only selling it for a dollar bottle, so I mean. yeah. And it's sitting. It's, it's they say something like it's sixteen years old, which I, I guess it's got a date on it. You know, right? I mean, you don't ever see it, so I guess he's just looking at. But it's it's like unless there's a date on there, how is he going to assume that this is sixteen years old? Right? He's just hey, it's this alcohol in a box. Oh, that's sixteen years old. Sounds good. <laughs> By the way, what's the whole purpose of this movie? Like, like what's, well, what's the I, theme? Don't eat or don't drink uh, old cheap liquor. <laughs> I think so. Something like don't fuck around. A liquor, liquor, lit, a literal thing of liquor rotting your body or your mind away or something. Don't live in a junkyard. <laughs> don't fuck with old hobos. Uh, Bronson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. And, and it's a movie about <laughs> post-traumatic stress disorder and Vietnam veterans. I think. That's what yeah. Once again, we're we're looking way too heavily into this and. <laughs> The story was just a, a a gadget to get to the melt, you know, right? That's all. <laughs> and we need to get there some way, so. <laughs> I need to get this true. idea out quick, otherwise somebody else is going to make this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and without getting out, without giving any way further, like, we never get any explanation of what, as to where this shit came from, why it exists. Does it just melt people because it's old? What the, you know, what is it about this stuff that is doing this to people? Yeah, I think I think we need a prequel. Somebody needs to make a prequel. Yeah, a Viper prequel. Some somebody out there that's got more money than they have since needs to fund yeah. fund us <laughs> to make a prequel to Street Trash. Right. Also, they need to fund us to go to school to learn how to do all this stuff too. <laughs> well, it's questionable whether these dudes really went to school to make this. So, uh, <laughs> now we don't want to besmirch, besmirch uh, the great name of uh, M- Murrow. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so he puts the Viper out for a dollar a bottle. Uh, Fred comes in, and uh, I think even though he's got a dollar, he he decides to keep the dollar and steal a <laughs> bottle of it anyways. <laughs> and it's when the a wheelchair hobo comes into the store, this crowded ass well stocked store, and knocks something over. As soon as he rolls in. Which, got, why in God's name, he's trying to roll into this place as, <laughs> as tight as it is. He should know, but whatever. Um, when he's distracted by that, Fred grabs a bottle of the Viper and takes off. Um, 
then it shows like some hobos out on the street cleaning windshields, you know, as hobos do in big cities. You know, they'll just <laughs> randomly come up and start uh, cleaning your windshield. Um, <laughs> and then like, the, there's a, a, a couple that pulls up and she's just bitching at the, the guy that's driving the whole time. Like, you know, why you stop? Don't stop here. You know, he's going to clean the windshield. Don't let him touch your car. Stereotypes. Stereotypes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then Bronson, I guess like, you know, you're, you you learn fairly quickly here is like the lead hobo. He walks up and uh, starts talking to this guy. And this guy kind of like starts starts trying to banter. <laughs> talking about like, being a weekend warrior. Yeah, right? being a... weekend warrior. And then Bronson just snatches him out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> and then just shoves him through the windshield, which I guess kills him. I guess I yeah. think he was. Well, well I think his biggest mistake that guy made was saying, "Oh, you missed a spot right there." Yeah, <laughs> he tells him that right before Bronson smashes his face. Yeah, the yeah. Windshield. So he drags him out and just smashes <laughs> him through the windshield. And of course, <laughs> yeah. his his wife or girlfriend or whatever she she's losing her mind. So then it shows like uh, Fred sitting outside, and this and this uh, bad breath hobo Paulie comes up and starts talking to him, and he steals the bottle of Viper out of Fred's pocket and walks away. Um. Then Wizzy, which is uh, the hobo that he stole the money from, you know, in that beginning chase scene, <laughs> comes up and just starts. He says he, be, Fred says he, Wizzy beats the shit out of him, but he like barely kicks him, and then he's knocked <laughs> unconscious. Um, yeah, I believe in the short film, the the beating that he got was more convincing. It was more, than yeah. Actual oh, more yeah. Intent- <laughs> <laughs> that was one change that was unnecessary. Was the the beating <laughs> that Wizzy gave Fred. Uh, so he barely beats We got him. too much violence in this movie. We need to tone down this beating part. Right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I guess they didn't want to make it X-rated. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Wizzy uh, beats up on Fred. And then uh, it shows, cuts to Polly, who, you know, was the one that came along and took the uh, bottle of Viper out of Fred's pocket. And he's going to this, uh, <laughs> he, he finds this dilapidated building. But he still finds, like, the bathroom door. For some reason, there's still a door, even though there's just nothing but a door and a frame there. And this building looks like, like, all of a sudden, he, he's not in Brooklyn anymore. He walked into Beirut. You know, it's just bombed out. Like, this, you know, it's just... Well, that is kind of, I guess, what the... <laughs> certain areas... Definitely in the Bronx. Like, maybe they maybe they went on location from Brooklyn to the Bronx at that time, because there's a lot of blown-out buildings on there. I guess in 1985. Another, hmm. In 1985, I guess there would have been, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hell, there's a whole movie. I think we actually discussed. Or I mentioned this movie when we were having dinner the other day. It was uh, 1990, The Bronx Warriors. Yeah, they shot that movie in the Bronx because the Bronx looked like that. Yeah, <laughs> looked like that. It was like like they didn't have to set direct or set you know do any set decoration. Yeah. Work. Um. <laughs> so yeah, he he's got his bottle of Viper and he goes into this like blown out bathroom and he sits down on the toilet. And he takes out the Viper and he drinks it, and then of course he just melts like. Uh, it's multicolored blood and shit just running down his legs and out. Uh, He just falls to pieces and like melts into the toilet, but he's still holding on. It's like one of those old fashioned toilets where the, the flush handle is like hanging from the ceiling. His, his hand is still holding on to that, but the, and it kind of detaches, but he just kind of melts down into the toilet, which is a really cool, uh, practical special effect. Yeah. Especially yeah. that and that I whole think... Steadicam shot that that really that really showcased the Steadicam work there, but for no reason, kind of like in Evil Dead, where no reason the camera just takes off. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. goes through the buildings and all that stuff, and then ends up 
focused right there on him as he's melting down the toilet. I do think out of the handful of like melt people melting scenes in the movie, that's probably one of the better ones. The more well done yeah. one in there. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. Yeah. Um so yeah, he he he's his hand's still holding the flusher, which I thought was pretty funny, which they bring that back in later on. Um so it cuts back to the junkyard and now you see uh Wendy, who was like this uh uh late this Asian lady that works at the junkyard. She comes in and uh, uh, scares Kevin, which is Fred's brother, which, you you know, you established that after this little scene, that uh, Fred has a younger brother named Kevin, and he basically just hangs around the junkyard all the time. Um, and they have, like, a full-on, like, house built inside of a, like, I guess, inside of a car and a stack of tires. I mean, it's a pretty <laughs> nice little pad they got set up in there. Yeah. It's really yeah, nice, it is, but, right? but it's, it's definitely not put together very well, and you'll definitely find that out later. <laughs> yeah. um, it was weird, because like, it kind of reminded me of my, like, like me and my uh, cousin were growing up, we made a fort out of a wash, you know, a, what is it, a not a dryer, but just a washing machine lid, where you had to open the lid up and go in. Yeah. It wasn't made out of tires, but it was basically, that, that scene reminded me of that, because they had to go through the car door to get inside their little, you know, pad there. See, so, yeah, this is kind of that scene establishing who they are and what they are, and then uh then the guy that owns the junkyard frank this big tub of goo he uh is yelling at over the intercom at wendy to uh come come work and you know instead of playing with the uh the hobo kids out there in the in the junkyard (laughs) um so he yells at her for running the hobo camp and then uh this other hobo uh you get introduced to this other hobo guy named bert he's wearing a gas mask he's a uh, like an older black dude Wearing a gas mask all the time. Hey, Bert. <laughs> hey, Bert. <Yeah. laughs> hey, Bert. That's a good question. Um, so, yeah, you're kind of introduced to him in this in the, in the next scene. And then because uh, he wakes up Fred, because Fred is uh, knocked out from Wizzy attacking him in the street. Bert's the one that comes along and wakes him up. Um, and Bert uh, reminds me a little bit of a, uh, I mean, even back then when I saw it, he always reminded me of uh, a little bit like Grady on Sanford and Son. Yeah, <laughs> very similar, very similar. It's a good visual. Yeah. Um, so then it shows another hobo like going in and buying Viper, and then he gets hassled by uh, Bill the cop. Um, but he takes like because uh, he's asking Bill the cop is asking him about Bronson, so he he kind of gets away. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll look around, I'll ask around or whatever. And he goes off and he's kind of mumbling to himself and uh, uh, goes up to a fire escape. And he's sitting there, like, talking to himself, and he drinks the Viper. So, obviously, just like the first dude, he starts to melt, and he's dripping down off of the uh, fire, uh, escape. fire escape. And then it just so happens that some some business folk, you know, going to and from or out to lunch or whatever, one of them walks underneath, and then the stuff drips on him, and it starts melting half his face. There's uh, also a uh, black cat who's on that catwalk with him as he, or catwalk, <laughs> on that fire escape with him. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. in typical cat behavior is totally unconcerned that he's melting down. In front yeah. Of <laughs> he just turns around and walks away because he's not getting anything <laughs> yeah. to eat out of it. This stuff That's again. Right. <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time I've seen a hobo melt on this fire escape, <laughs> I'd have two nickels. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be a dime richer. By the way, I'm a talking cat. <laughs> So, yeah, so that happens, and then, like, the, the dude runs across the street, and then the people that were with him come over there, and, like, Bill the cop is there. He kind of grabs the guy, and he's sitting there, and and instead of helping the dude, they're just arguing about, like, <laughs> why won't you help this man? And uh, 
and the bitchy lady says something like, uh, you look like the kind of, kind of cop that would pull me over just to rape me. And then Bill says, baby, I ain't sure you don't got a cock. <laughs> and then yeah, this is all and everybody, everybody like how delightfully non-PC this movie is. Yeah. But <laughs> I think this is that's funny. He's cutting him down, baby. I ain't sure you ain't got a cock. And everybody around him's like, oh, that's some good shit. Meanwhile, this Burn. dude's this dude's face is melting off right in front of him. <laughs> and they're making jokes about it, yeah. Um <laughs> It's New uh, York, 1985. Yeah. So then, once yeah, again, it cuts to Bronson having the most unsexy sex with Wynette again. Um, <laughs> and these other hobos are sitting around just watching this happen. And uh, she says something smart, so he slaps the shit out of her. And uh, <laughs> then Wizzy says, yeah, I didn't like the bitch anyway. Something like that. And then he smacks <laughs> the shit out of him. Like, don't ever talk about her. Sure, she ain't the best looking thing <laughs> in the world, but she's my, she's all I got kind of thing, you know. <laughs> And what was the other thing? He was like, I used to make women like you parade around the village bear pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I forgot to make note of that one. That was, that was, uh. I, love, um, I, mean, I love Bronson's lines. They did so, like, so now, like, uh, it shows, like, Kevin has, uh, a, a, uh, Fred's younger brother. He has, like, $3. So Bert, the, uh, the old, uh, black hobo with the gas mask. He takes the three dollars and said he'll go get some ch- go get some food. And then there's this long <laughs> shoplifting scene, <laughs> just randomly, you know, for five minutes. You watch this dude steal shit in the grocery store. <laughs> um, and then, but he, there is some pretty funny lines, you know, while he's walking around like talking to himself. Oh, yeah. And this old lady sees him like stealing food, and uh, <laughs> he says, uh, "What you looking at, bitch?" <laughs> and she kind of walk. She kind of walks off and like goes and gets the manager, and then they have a whole back and forth. Like basically, he's meanwhile he's got like a ton of stuff in his like pants. And yeah, he's like, got like balloons at the bottom. He's got like chicken thighs falling out of the bottom of his pants. <laughs> yeah, they've come out of the wrapping now. They're just loose chicken thighs. <laughs> <laughs> loose chicken coming out of the pants. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> time with. When the manager walks up, right now I think I do think there's a lot of funny shit in this whole scene, and it's a long scene. Yeah, I think the best part though is he he's talking to himself. He walks to the front register, grabs a paper bag, (laughs) puts it over his head, and then walks through a fucking plate glass window. (laughs) It made no sense. Yeah, and then as soon as he gets outside, he takes the bag off and then just keeps walking as the like the chicken's falling out of his leg. And I like his whole reasoning too with the manager before that scene with the when the lady's trying to tell him what happened and everything is he's like you you gonna believe this wrinkled old honky motherfucker yeah. <laughs> and then he says uh, I'm like you you're taking her word over mine now that's discrimination yeah <laughs> and see I got the receipt right here and clearly this is like and the dude that's like the manager or whatever is like this dude's African yeah like he's got an yeah. accent so <laughs> yeah. And he's like, this is uh, dog food on this receipt, but that's chicken coming out of your pants. <laughs> <laughs> Although that was a pretty good little uh, trick he was trying to play. Like, he has a rec- he picks a receipt up. Uh, here's the uh, all the stuff that I just bought. Uh, but obviously, he didn't look at the receipt and see that it was dog food. But still, it was a pretty uh, nice little angle he tried to take. Right after that, it cuts to uh, a scene in the, in the morgue, I guess, at the police station, where... Uh, the uh, hobo Polly from the beginning of the movie, he's melted into the, I guess they just have him like a big pile of goo, but they still, <laughs> but they still have his, uh, like the, the, uh, the toilet flusher chain hanging up from something and his hand still attached from it. 
<laughs> then it goes to, and I'm sure there's a couple of these scenes a little bit later on, but I think this is the first of them where he, Bron, it goes, it cuts to Bronson in the junkyard, and he's just rambling nonsense, and there's a bunch of hobos sitting around, and he's talking about Vietnam, and it cuts to this, <laughs> and it cuts to this uh, Vietnam flashback scene where like the Vietnamese are like sneaking up on him, and they're turning into vampires. Um, then he wakes up from the dream and he picks up a grenade and throws it in the junkyard. <laughs> because you just had those laying around. <laughs> yeah. I, I, if you're Bronson, I guess you do. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're next level crazy. Obviously. <laughs> um, and MacGyver in the junkyard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what a, what a weird scene though. Right. So then it cuts to, uh, Fred. He, uh, He's, he's just rambling, or, or he's just walking around at night, and he walks up on a woman who's just bent over vomiting in an alley, and he and she basically just is instantly all, all over him thinking, I guess she thinks that it's her boyfriend, so she just wants to go somewhere and, and fuck, <laughs> and she's even willing to do it right there in the street, um, and that's where she walks past... Uh, 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 the front, like she walks past the chef who's out there smoking and is just watching all this happen. And then there's a front doorman um, that's hanging out there, who it turns out to be like the the best smartass and has some of the best lines of the movie. A little bit later on, um, but she she basically just walks this this girl walks away with him, and it turns out she's the girlfriend of Nick Duran, who is like a a, a local mobster, I guess. This is totally off. I mean, like, is there any mention of any of this stuff before this? Like, this this just seems like it's just shoehorned in. Like, hey, we got a dude. Yeah, think, yeah. We got yeah. a dude that's a good mobster. Uh, this guy's pretty funny, so let's just slide all this stuff in. <laughs> yeah, definitely one of those parts that was completely just like, you no, know, we were talking about the short film earlier, and then you know, adding stuff to it. Sound, seems like one of those things that came along. Maybe they came across the actor or something like that. Okay, we need to put this this whole scene. Just throw it in here somewhere. I guess it's comic relief. I don't know. I mean, like yeah. <laughs> the whole movie's a comic. I mean, that guy, place. that guy is awesome. I love the I love their interaction between. Uh, oh yeah, between you know, yeah, Nick, and especially later on between yeah, Nick the doorman Durant, and yeah, the, the yeah. mobster guy. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder if that whole thing is essentially like uh, the Eugene Levy, you know, like crew that uh, do all ad lib stuff. Like that entire thing <laughs> was just ad. That would be hilarious. probably was. I couldn't really find a lot about the doorman other than the fact that his name was, uh, well, Nick Duran, the mobster, his name was Tony Darrow, and he, he played in a bunch of mob movies and TV shows and stuff. <laughs> and the doorman, his name was James Lawrence, who was also yeah. in... I know him from... Oh, yeah. Go you, ahead. Yeah. You might say the same thing. Oh, no, you're probably going to say it. <laughs> you're probably going to say what I was thinking. Frankenhooker? Yeah. <laughs> and Robo... That's the only thing I can think of him in. I know he might have been in some other stuff, but... And Robocop 3. Definitely remember that. Oh, okay, RoboCop 3. I think he was like a, a, a taxi driver or something like that in RoboCop 3. Some random role. But those okay. were the only ones that I, that, I uh, that probably anyone would really notice the guy from. Um, <laughs> and the Frankenhooker run makes a lot of sense because uh, Frank Hanelotter directed Frankenhooker, director of Basket Case and Brain Damage, and he was a New York filmmaker as well. So underground horror, you know, New York filmmakers. I can see where he probably knew came across him from that movie, or actually, I can't remember if that movie came. That might have came after uh, 
Street Trash. I forget what year Frankenhooker was. Might have been 87 or 88, actually. Well, keep, keep in mind, there was a, like a couple of years between this movie being made That's and true. it actually being released. So, you know, That's some other true. things yeah. might have happened. That's another thing, too, about that guy, about the doorman. Like, he, he almost had the delivery of, like, a stand-up comedian to me. I mean, that's kind of when I was like, man, this guy, like, he almost seems familiar. So when I looked yeah. it up, I didn't see him from a bunch of stuff that I'd seen before. But, like, I, I was thinking maybe he was a stand-up or something. And maybe he has done some. I don't know. But, like, he had he had good stand-up comic delivery if he ever wanted to yeah. do that. Um, yeah, he kind of, to me, he almost kind of looked like Kevin Bacon. Like, not exactly. Yeah, a little bit. I can yeah, yeah, he's got those features, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A young, a young hot Kevin Bacon. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Footloose. Nothing, Come on, man. Go ahead. I had, had put up, I, I had to put up token resistance. Yeah. <laughs> good now. <laughs> At least you recognize what it is. Um, Fred then uh, brings the lady that he picks up in the alleyway, vomiting, back to his uh, junkyard. Heidi hole in the in the uh, stank tires and the half the old car and everything, <laughs> and all the creepers. Start yeah, following. and then you see the creepy hobos just start salivating, and, almost like it's almost like a zombie scene where they're just yeah, kinda, like, yeah, yeah, something like Night of the Living Dead. Or something. Yeah, they're just coming up out of nowhere, like out of tires and cars and shit, and they're all creepy and the way it's lit and everything, and they're all drooling and dragging themselves over. And they gather around, like I guess, like, and they're watching him through the tires, have this weird, awkward sex with this woman <laughs> inside the inside the junk hole. Uh, oh my goodness! Wait, are we talking about? Oh, okay, we're talking about where they were. <laughs> and that's the new name of this podcast. Welcome to Junk Hole. With it. Welcome everybody. You're listening to the Junk Hole Podcast. <laughs> Coming at you. From a, a malaria-infested junkyard. Get ready for the stink, because here we go. <laughs> Watch out for those creepy hobos. It's like much like the uh, the line that he delivers. What was it? She says something to him like, uh, "I think I let's let's sixty nine. He's like, "No, no, no. How about sixty eight? You blow me an O, you want?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna guess that's when that saying was still new. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it was fresh. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So like he's having, they're having sex inside the uh, in the junk hole, and then uh, <laughs> these hobos just. They, I guess he's done with her. He kind of just tosses her to the side and like passes out over on the side, and then the hobos just like, hey, fresh meat, and they just but they just start pulling the tires and bust through, and they grab her and just drag her away. Um. Lord knows what happened to her after that. Until a little bit later <laughs> on. Well, yeah. yeah, you find out. <laughs> yeah, until further. Until, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, so then it cuts to uh, Wizzy is grabbed by the cops uh, in a van, and they toss him into the back of like the paddy wagon, and then there's a bunch of hookers in there, and uh, <laughs> they're kind of like uh, uh, the, uh, Bill the cop is in there. He's part of the uh, you know uh, arresting him. And he's kind of questioning him or whatever. And he, I love the big threat is to uh, give him a shower, right? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no. And then and then it just cuts to him like wait. He wakes up the next morning and uh, he's clean and he's got clean clothes on and everything. And he's in the back of like a random station wagon somewhere near the junkyard. And then the first thing he does is what immediately grab. I think was it like a half empty bottle or 
pretty much empty bottle of liquor and then splashes it on like cologne. There. Yeah. <laughs> in the car. Got to get the stink back on. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, yeah. So then it cuts to Frank, the, the, the tubby guy that owns the junkyard. He's basically trying to rape Wendy uh, in their office. Like He's like right on top of her, holding her down. Um, but she, they, they, it's funny to me how they play this like it's a, like it's a joke, kind of whimsical thing. Like the music is like, <laughs> as he's basically trying to rape her in this office. Oh, uh, that yeah, even resistance is joke is like joking, you know, like sort yeah, of like, like she's almost you know, don't like, don't die on me, don't have a heart attack on me, they'll never find me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then, uh. He leaves. He's kind of grumbling to himself to himself after she finally gets him off, and he goes outside and he's kicking rocks. He's walking around the junkyard, and he looks over and sees a dead corpse laying on the beach. And I guess you just as you know, you put two and two together that it's the girl from uh, that was having the sex hobo, the, the junk hole yeah, from the junk <laughs> hole. You put two and two together that it's the girl that Fred was having sex with that the hobos carted off. So then he just kind of does the old looks left and right, rubs his hands together. <laughs> and then. Yes, uh, what? What happened? <laughs> well, you don't know. Uh, that's the thing. You'll never know. <laughs> it goes back to the junk hole. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Not too far off. Yeah. So basically, he has sex with the corpse. Um, but you don't see this. He just kind of like, oh. Like he's like he's the uh, the tubby dude waiting for his, uh, a cinnamon roll at Cinnabon, you know. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and he's uh, you know about to pull his pants down. And then it cuts to the next scene, um, and Bronson jumps Fred for money. I think they're still fighting over this three dollars, right? I mean, I think this is the whole premise of the movie is this three dollars that he randomly grabbed from Wizzy. <laughs> so Bronson's got like a death wish on. Huh? see what I did there. For uh, huh? Fred, <laughs> for this three but three dollars, so Bronson jumps him for the money, and then uh, okay, this is this leads up to the uh, the best scene of the movie, I guess, <laughs> yeah. most memorable for yep. sure. Uh, yeah. So he's he's, uh, he's what happened? He's slapping you know, Fred, I, beating him I up. Didn't watch the whole movie. So. <laughs> this is kind of where I, I fell asleep. What happened? Um. <laughs> So he's slapping around Fred for this money, and all of a sudden, some random hobo just pisses through a fence. He's got his pecker hanging out of the fence, and he's pissing. And I guess he pisses on Bronson or near them or something. So Bronson, yeah, there just happened to be on the other side of the fence. He couldn't even see through the pile of junk or whatever it was. I think he was pissing yeah. through. So Bronson, Bronson reaches Bronson. up and cuts his dick off. <laughs> As one does. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you yeah. got if you got pissed on or pissed near, the the obvious reaction to that is grab a femur bone knife and cut this dude's dick off <laughs> and hack it off. Yeah. Um, so then they play keep away with it. <laughs> and this is five minutes I wish I could have back of my life. You know, my dying breath. Oh, I thought you wanted to watch it again. <laughs> I watched it three times. <laughs> so yeah, they play keep away with a dick. They're throwing it from ho hobo hilarious. to hobo. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. It's flipping like end over end, uh, hitting the ground. <laughs> now, now, the thing about this scene is, uh, so Mike Lackey, the, I guess the star. Fred. Uh, uh, also made the penises. He made three different sizes. I'm, I'm assuming for different cutaways. 
the little one. <laughs> yeah, because because this is this, wait a minute before you say it. This is where they wanted to get continuity right. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the little one's called the Packer. Okay. The medium-sized one is called the Poker. Yeah. Yeah. And the big one is called the Packer. <laughs> <laughs> now, did they when you when you found this out? Did they distinguish which one? Which one was which, or did they just use all three in the, you know, in the... Uh, oh, no, I, I read it the way it was. So they don't know which one they used, is what I mean. Like, in the actual... what? Do, uh, which one do you well, see? I would assume... Or just all three. In different cutaways, it's different ones. So they just wanted to make sure they so had enough pecker to go around. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, when it was in people's hands, I'm sure it was a small one. When it was flying through the air, it was the big one. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. So okay, I got you. <laughs> Easier for the camera to track the packer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wonder if that's kind of like they probably had to have somebody who's you know, used to track maybe like golf, like a golf camera guy or something to follow it. <laughs> Baseball. I, I was kind of worried where that sentence was going. Smoke. I'm not gonna. Lie. <laughs> <laughs> so See, I'm, I'm I'm new to the to the general horror uh, uh, genre, so 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 maybe you know something I don't. Now might, now might be a time to remind everyone that we talk spoilers in this uh, podcast. So if, <laughs> so if you're wondering what the big scene in Street Trash was, well, we just described it. Yeah. The money shot, so to speak. Yeah. And there's plenty in this movie, but that scene right there is the, one of the biggest what-the-hell yeah. scenes of the 80s. That's the main scene be. where I, like, you know, I was talking about before when I when I'd... Uh, show friends in high school and things uh hey you need to see this movie that was a scene i was waiting for to get the reaction from. <laughs> i don't remember exactly how far into the movie you are but that's a that's dedication man like <laughs> you made them sit through like almost an hour of this just to get to that i guess yeah, you kind of like uh back when i used to work at the video store i would always recommend train spotting to people i loved that movie mm-hmm Oh yeah, and, yeah me too. and you knew, and then like after that person, that was kind of like my barometer. Like if you could get past the toilet scene in that, <laughs> all right, I can recommend movies to you. But <laughs> it was about fifty-fifty, where like people would come back and just I just had to turn it off once once they started swimming in the toilet. <laughs> now that you've seen that and you're still here, me and you are going to be friends. <laughs> We're cool. So what you doing Friday night? <laughs> We're going to reenact this. <laughs> You know, I always, always wondered, I wish I had worked in a video store, but then I'm like, yeah, you know, I probably would have gotten in some trouble because you know, family come in, hey, you know, got anything, recommendations? Well, I got this movie over here called Make Them Die Slowly. You ever seen that one? <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling you could probably, like, like, you could judge who you could just say that to. And who yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah, I wish I'd hit the, the uh, I never got to work at one. I think I put in for one, like, you know, an uh, application at a video store one time. I never did, but I worked at a couple different movie theaters, so I did have that at least. But yeah, the one cool perk of that, beyond you know watching movies anytime you want or when they came in, was uh, the posters and you know the other promo stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, you get that. But yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, speaking of that too, uh, I mean, we I know at some point we'll probably do a show just based on back in the day video stores and whatnot. But when you mentioned posters too, it reminded me of uh, this one here in Orangeburg, this video store that this is before they'd even. I mean, just back in, like, 93 or... No, that's probably even before that, like, 91. Maybe, that uh, They used to sell all of their posters when they were done with them, when they took them off the windows or whatever, put them in this bin and sell them for four for a dollar. And, I, I like, I still got some of those, like, old 
just old school horror movie things like just off the wall ones too like burial ground mm-hmm. uh henry portrait of a serial killer i find all these in there for like a quarter each the posters now they go wow. for probably like yeah original yeah. video store post oh, yeah, promotional yeah. posters. yeah yeah and uh probably hell you probably go on ebay and they sell for like you know 40 to 50 60 70 dollars oh, dude i've got a whole <laughs> collection of like basically almost every major movie uh release of like the late 90s to early 2000s of, <laughs> of original theatrical you know like double-sided yes, theatrical posters yeah um, I've even got some from video stores because I had another friend that worked at a video store and he would get me posters and stuff too. So, I mean, I've, I've got all kinds, man, that I'm sure it could probably easily go for 50 bucks a pop. Some of them. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was kind of a sidebar, but anyways, back to the movie. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they're playing keep away with a dick and, uh, <laughs> There's really no way to segue from that to that, but here we go. <laughs> Deep in, kids. Uh, so basically it ends by the guy like doing like a dramatic slow-mo catch, like, you know, catching the touchdown in the end zone. And then he jumps on the back of a school bus with his dick in his hand, and then they're all waving goodbye to him, and then there's like the corny, the corny, <laughs> bam, bam, the bam, bam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, we've got one scene in there, though, that was also hilarious. It was when they were playing in the middle of playing keep away. The dick lands in Bronson's, uh, what was her name? I can't remember her name. All I know her name uh, was is bitch because that's all Bronson calls her in the whole movie. Why not? Lands in her lap and she like takes it and sticks it under the little blanket that yeah. she's got right there. She's like, kind of hide it later. for later. <laughs> and then Bronson's like, <laughs> I bought it. Hey, and she takes it out and then tosses it and again. It goes end over end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff like that going on in that little scene. So, uh. You know, whenever you check it out for yourself, you'll you'll mine out these little nuggets of gold in the dick throwing scene. Um, <laughs> so then it cuts after that corniness. It cuts to <laughs> Bill the cop with uh, I guess uh, he's got he's questioning Nick Duran and the doorman. I guess, or I guess they're just talking about maybe it's like a missing port. Well, no, they've they've already found the body by this point, right? Nick Duran's girlfriend. I can't remember, but. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I believe they did. At this yeah, yeah, maybe, that, maybe that, they already know that about this point. more awesome dialogue right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I so mean, awesome. Bill hilarious. the cop is sitting there with Nick Duran and the doorman, and uh, <laughs> the doorman's just running his mouth like nothing's going to happen to him. He's just spilling the beans about all this mob shit. And, the dude, and Bill the cop's like, you realize I can't protect you all the time, right? He's like, what, there's not, like, witness protection? And he's just shaking his head like, nope. <laughs> and yeah, like, like, no, like, oh, you're a dead man, motherfucker. cracks me up is the, uh, when he's talking about, when he's sitting there in front of the Bill the Cop and, and the Mafia guy, and, and he's like, yeah, this guy thinks he's a Don. He's like the Don of douchebags is what he is. <laughs> 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 and he's just eyeballing the whole yeah. time. And that's why I think that's when he says that about, kid, what are you doing? You know, we can't. Yeah, you know, we can't <laughs> what, what the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 good back and forth between him, like both yeah. those dudes. Every time they pop up, you know, in this, even though it, even though really it has nothing to do with the overarching. Well, I guess it does eventually, <laughs> but like it's almost like if you think about it, it's like the tale of two movies. Like this movie was going one direction, and somewhere in the middle, like, hey, this mafia stuff, we can add this in, and maybe this will be a way to maybe this will be a way to conveniently end it this way, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, like they just, it was just teasing the credit scene. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which we'll play that music at the end of this podcast because that has to be heard to be appreciated. Oh, yeah. We can't describe it. Um, so, yeah, there, that's, there, he's running his mouth to Nick and he's, oh, you're a dead man. So then it cuts to uh, the junkyard and uh, a hitman comes for Fred. Um, 
I guess because now they've connected the dots that Fred was the one that came up and took Nick's girlfriend away. So now a hitman shows up at the junkyard to uh, to get a hold of him. Nick gets away when oh, Bill, yeah. or I'm, I'm not Nick. Fred gets away when Bill the cop shows up because I guess Bill the cop is there to question. He just happens <clears throat> to be there. He's there to question uh, uh, somebody there, right? So he runs into the hitman, and then they get into a fight. And Bill the cop beats the shit out of this guy, <laughs> drags him into the bathroom, <laughs> sticks his finger down his throat, and then pukes on his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a nice insult to injury move, man. I, I, that's a new yeah, one. That's a New York cop move right there. Yeah, just yak <laughs> on his head. <laughs> I just killed this man. Now let's leave some DNA. <laughs> yeah. Let's leave proof that I'm the one that did it. Oh, speaking of that. I can't remember if it was before or after this. I think it was before that, right? We might have missed out on the, them going to the junkyard and talking to what's the the owner of the junkyard, the big dude that you know had sex with the corpse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have left that out. That, was that before that, that when he was talking to him about uh, <laughs> about the fact that you know the guy, of course, the guy they didn't know he did it or that he had you know that he's the one having sex with the corpse, out the there. corpse after the fact or whatever. But but he's all worried. Like, uh, can they find out whose is whose? <laughs> yeah, DNA. <laughs> and then the and guy's it, like, well, you know. The third guy from the last had syphilis here. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and then Q, the guy scratching his balls. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's that's <laughs> pretty much the exact same. Uh, the next scene right there after he pukes on him. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I wrote down my note. Bill tells Frank about semen and dead girl, and one had syphilis. So yeah, that <laughs> was the right. next. <laughs> the third from the last had syphilis. He's like, yeah, it's all la- it's all layered up in there. The next to the last one had syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> Which is impressive. They knew it was the third to last one. Which is more impressive, the third to the last one had it, or that all of them didn't have it? Already? Yeah. <laughs> or that you just decide to whimsically have sex with a corpse when it rolls up on your beachfront. <laughs> this is true. Um, so Bill, Bill the cop is leaving, and like as he's leaving, I guess like he looks over to the side and he hears Bronson laughing somewhere. You know something. He hears a noise. He hears something. Then he tells, so he pulls up Nick to Nick Duran is sitting out there. I guess waiting on the hitman to come back, and uh, and he tells Nick Duran to fuck off. You know they have like a little exchange, and he rolls the window up. And yeah, goes through on. the car windows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now I also thought it was funny that like Bill gets in his car, goes like maybe up fifty yards, sees Nick Duran, has that little exchange, and then goes maybe another ten yards, parks the car, and gets right back out. <laughs> <laughs> he actually got out of the car right there in the street, right? Because he's like, let's end this now. And he goes to get out, and then the Nick Duran guy... Yeah, well, he's about to get out. Yeah, yeah. So he gets back in the car, like, from that brief exchange, yeah. rolls, like, 10 yeah. yards, parks the car, and then gets out <laughs> to go find uh, Bronson randomly. Yeah. How he would even know that it's Bronson, I mean, even though he's kind of looking for him, he just hears, like, laughter in the background. He's like, yep, time for an ass-kicking contest. Um... <laughs> So he, he goes to find Bronson, and then, like, Wynette jumps... Like, he, I guess he's in the courtyard. He's in that general area where Bronson's been hanging out with the hobos. Wynette jumps on his uh, jumps on his back or something, right? And he kind of just tosses her to the side. And then Bronson comes out from uh, somewhere and then stabs him in the back with that femur bone knife he had and, like, breaks it off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they have a fight. And uh, basically, uh, Bronson ends up beating the shit out of him and then chokes him out. 
Um, <laughs> because you know he's kind of he's weakened from the knife in his back anyway. So he beat, he pounds him, chokes him to death, and then pisses on him. Something about <laughs> <laughs> something about the insult to injury thing here. <laughs> Uh, I guess I guess Bronson was like, yeah, yeah, I saw what you did there, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pay it forward. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna up the ante. I'm gonna kill you and then piss on you. He was R. Kelly before R. Kelly. Oh <laughs> uh. uh, yeah, Bronson was just you know still pissed pissed. I'm sorry, uh, no pun intended. But pissed <laughs> off about the uh, other bum pissing on him, and he didn't get enough revenge by hacking that guy's dick off and playing keep away with it. He had to piss on somebody himself. So. Apparently. <laughs> All right, so then it cuts to uh, Fred getting some Viper from somewhere. I guess he goes back to the liquor store or something. I don't know. He, he gets a hold of another bottle of Viper. So now we're back to this storyline, right? Like, all that stuff's yep. been playing over here. Now we're back to the Viper storyline. <laughs> um, so then uh, he goes to, like, an alleyway or something to drink the Viper, and he's on, like, the other side of this, like, pile of debris or whatever, and there's this... Big fat hobo on the other side drinking. He's got a bottle of Viper as well. He, the fat dude, drinks the Viper and then inflates like a balloon and just fucking explodes. When Fred, like Fred's right on the other side of this and he sees it happen and he, he just kind of flies through the air and jumps up behind the car. Some <laughs> of the, some of the, uh, like the, the hobo sizzle gets on his pants and starts burning his leg. Yeah, so apparently in that scene, uh, so during the, the filming of the uh, movie, uh, they were having trouble getting sponsorship. And, uh, the only thing they were able to get any interest from was a place called, uh, Drake's Cakes. Uh, and it would send a box of snacks every, every week to the crew. So by the end of the three month shoot, everyone had eaten enough snacks. So when it came time to make the scene for the fat bomb explodes, the fake summit was filled with boxes and boxes of Drake's Cakes. <laughs> so I'm sure that made it extra juicy, extra nasty. <laughs> I still think it's weird how like Viper affects all these dudes in different ways. You know, <laughs> it's it's, it's, indis- yeah. it's indiscriminately different. Well, so, that's because we're all snowflakes, Josh. I get. Well, you're right. <laughs> um. So Fred sees this and says, "Holy shit! I got to tell Ed. That's the dude that owns the liquor store." So he takes off and runs to tell Ed, and somewhere on the path he sees Wizzy. So he decides to give Wizzy the Viper, you know, because he hates this motherfucker. He keeps jumping him and barely kicking the shit out of him and knocking him out. Um, so he he gives him the Viper, and then their friend Bert, you know, the 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 black hobo with the gas mask, comes running up and uh like takes the Viper away from him or something. <laughs> As he's knocked out on the ground, he's like, no, 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 give it back to him, give it back to him. Eventually, uh, uh, Wizzy gets back a hold of it or something after they, they knock Bert down or something like that. And he drinks it and he melts. <laughs> so that's the unceremonious end of Wizzy. <laughs> but didn't he, he's the one that like exploded on the mural wall, right? I think that, yeah, 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 like yeah. he kind of backs up to a, like there's a wall with a mural on it and it explodes and kind of turns into a piece of art. And he's yeah, still, and he's yeah, still like, like gurgling and shit, <laughs> like as he's basically gone. He's still gurgling, <laughs> sliding down the wall with his face. In there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So then, uh, after this, Fred goes. 
he finally runs off and goes to the uh, liquor store to tell Ed. And uh, right before he gets there, Ed basically takes a drink of this Viper, and he's standing out in the street kind of starting to melt, like slowly melt. This is probably one of the slower melts of the movie oh, yeah. with the people that drink the Viper is, is Ed standing out there, and he kind of melts and blows up, and uh, Fred jumps on a car that's going uh, or that's parked nearby, and the driver says, what the fuck? And drive, drives like 10 <laughs> yards down the road and gets out. Hey, what the hell? Um, <laughs> something about like the driving in this in this movie doesn't go very far. Like <laughs> they only had like a block to play with, so they don't very, you know like they don't drive very far. They get in and get out very quickly. Um, <laughs> or they don't have drivers at all. Like the one scene that uh, we're talking about. That yeah, or there's no car. There's no driver in the car after it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it wrecks into the other car. <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah, that there's there's the uh, end of Ed, the liquor store owner. Um, so then it cuts to Bronson carving a new knife from Bill the cop's corpse. So he's cutting a new <laughs> knife from his femur or whatever the hell, and uh, he's having a uh, Vietnam flashbacks uh, during this. And uh, then a hobo gives him a bottle of Viper, and then Wynette comes up and takes it from him. Says, you never share anything with me you selfish fuck you know something like that so she drinks it and she starts to melt and like pulls her boobs off like she's like scratching (laughs) she's scratching at her chest and like pulls her boobs off it's fucking nasty uh then of course she melts like everyone else you know kind of off to the side uh so that was a little side note to this i think i see where cabin fever came from yeah (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) wouldn't surprise me if there's some of it in there yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Wynette is gone now. Uh, so then it showed, like, Bronson's kind of like, what the fuck? And he's looking around, and he sees Wendy and Kevin, you know, the girl that uh, kind of takes care of Kevin there that works at the junkyard. And uh, they're going into the to the office over there. It looks like they're probably going in there and, you know, about to get it on. And Bronson <laughs> says, you know, I guess, I guess at this point you're like, I guess you assume that Bronson wants – he does – he doesn't want him to have her. He wants her or something, I guess. I guess now that Wynette's dead. So he takes off yeah. after him. Um, so they're about to, it's about to go down. It, there's a scene with Kevin and Wendy. It's about to go down. And all of a sudden, Bronson just busts in and knocks the door down and chases Kevin out of there. She freaks out and screams. Um, he's chasing him around this, you know, in the uh, garage, this big, like, garage warehouse type place or whatever. Um and then some random mechanic walks up, and then Bronson stabs him in the neck with that femur knife. Um, <laughs> wrong place, wrong time for yeah, that Yeah, just guy, randomly so. walks up. Hey, <laughs> ugh, dead. Uh, so he's still chasing Kevin around after this, and then uh, Fred shows up and throws some Viper, like he throws a bottle of Viper at Bronson's face, and it just kind of melts the side of his face. And then like sulfuric acid or something like. <laughs> and then, like, I guess because he's just maybe Bronson's in shock or just crazy, at, you know, just fucking completely unhinged at this point. He says, "Little fuck worm, dead maggot shit." He says it twice. <laughs> <laughs> Little fuck worm, dead maggot shit. Uh, <laughs> as his fa- half his face is melting off, and then he just pounces on Fred and starts beating the shit out of him. Then Wendy jumps on and she gets tossed aside. And as this is going on, Kevin's over on the side, and he like there's these air tanks. I guess that's what that is, like these uh, acetylene, like yeah. high pressure acetylene yeah, tanks. Those big ones. <laughs> he, uh, how does he get it? He like launches that, but like what does he, he just hit the side of it or something like? He hits the top off, 
and the thing just yeah, because like pressurized gas, I guess, and like high pressure gas. So he knocked the nozzle off and just propelled like a rocket. Yeah, and went straight pressure th- coming out. <laughs> it went straight through the top of Bronson's body. Just knocks like his head, his neck, and like his upper, uh, you know, like shoulder area, just straight off his body. And it's laying over to the side. Oh yes, yes, probably. And I got to take a mention. That's probably like. Got to be top five best screen decapitations ever, I think. <laughs> oh, it, it's a clean kill. <laughs> Except I'm pretty sure, like, I thought it was kind of funny when, like, so his head, his, his upper body or whatever it is, is over there, and then Wendy yeah. jumps over him, and you can kind of see up her skirt, and it looks like he's looking at it, like, huh? Yeah, he's, like, like following still, the upskirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's still alive. It kind of plays kinda... into that whole joke. Of, well, I mean, it's a joke, but then the whole thing of, like, is there life after a head gets decapitated for a few seconds? Yeah. <laughs> well, so. I According guess street, right? science doesn't need to answer it. Street trash does. That's right, yes. <laughs> um, Just ask Bronson. Little fuckworm, dead maggot shit. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> and dead. And so then, like, so Wendy jumps over Bronson's, uh, you know, upper body there. It's looking up at him, kind of like this little comedic moment, and then she just runs over to Kevin to check on him. Boom! Street street trash screen, title screen. Yep. Oh yeah, we forgot to mention the other, the actual title of the movie being said in the movie. You know those types of things where he's that that scene right before Bronson gets decapitated when he's chasing him through the warehouse and mm-hmm. he's like, "You fucking little street trash!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> At least they kind of saved it towards the end, you know. It wasn't like the That's first true, five yeah. minutes. Yeah, they could have rolled the credits there, right? Yeah, it been all, the all... end. <laughs> they all just, they all just turn around, and look at the camera with their thumbs up, and smile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the credits are just nothing but like eighties. Uh, they all uh, they all jump up and freeze frame and high yeah. five. Yeah, <laughs> street trash. <laughs> One of them is drinking a drink and then stops and looks back and smiles. <laughs> Seven up. Um, so yeah, the street trash title screen pops up. The end, basically. But then there's this other little thing that happens. Like So the credits are coming up and then they have these cutscenes um, of Nick Duran and he's got a couple of his goons there with him and they have the doorman tied up. Like they're about to kill him for all this uh, shit he's been talking and everything from earlier in the movie. And then eventually, like, what does like the doorman have a bottle of Viper somehow, right? Like he's got yeah, it. Yeah, that so. Yeah, like so. yeah, he's got it on him, and he's like. <laughs> Maybe I missed they, how he acquired this, but at some point he's got a bottle of Viper, and they're frisking him, like you said, and they t- they take it out of his pocket, and then they're talking shit, and he and then for whatever reason Nick Duran decides to drink it, and then he starts melting, which which is funny because you don't for whatever reason maybe it was in the budget, like they didn't have enough uh, budget to see this melt. You just kind of oh, hear yeah. it happening in the background as the the two goons <laughs> and the uh, doorman are watching it, and he's talking shit to him. Um, because he says something like, "Let me loose." I'm, I guess I'm the Don now, or something, right? <laughs> 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 and then, and then it cuts to which, like I said, we'll play here shortly at the end of the, at the end of the show, because um, you just have to hear it yourself if you haven't watched this movie. Um, it's the song I, that I guess is sang by him. By Nick Duran? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, that yeah. Actor. Uh, which I didn't even catch. I, I forgot to look at what the name of the song, or even if it has a, a name of a song. But, uh, yeah, basically the most of the credits is this song of him singing, um, kind of reacting almost to, like, what's happening with the melting and everything. 
and then uh, the end credits. Pretty much after, like, while the song is playing, that's it. So, <laughs> that, my friends, is Street Trash. <laughs> One of the best from 1987. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, as per usual, Will, uh, give us your star rating. What do you think of it? All right. Well, we're going on a, a, like how technically sound this was. Yeah, I'd give us about a one. <laughs> uh, yeah. If we're going on entertainment value, we'll call it a five. <laughs> let's go in the middle and do let, – let's go over the middle. Let's do about three and a quarter, but it's a really fun three and a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> three and a quarter from Will. Smoke, what do you think? Yeah, I got you know I got history with this one going so all the way back to the, I guess when it hit video the first time. So, seen it quite a few times, but uh, again, yeah, I, I give it a solid four for me. Four stars. Yep, yep. It's one of those that I can't like. Like if it's on, I'm gonna watch it. If it's on Shutter or something, and then they have it on their live feed or something, I'll be watching it. If I you know, over somebody's house, they throw it on. I'm going to have to watch it from beginning to end. It's one of those movies. I'll never get, you know, tired of it. Like, entertainment factor is way up there on that one. Um, I think I'm going to land. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go around where Will is. I'm just going to say an even three stars. It, um, I definitely enjoyed it. I would definitely watch it again. Like you, even, like you just said, Smoke. I mean, if it was on randomly somehow. I don't see any channel actually showing this, but maybe like Shutter, like you said. No, the stream, yeah, streaming. <laughs> the Shutter's got got like their streaming service. They uh they have like live TV, but they call it sometimes. So they'll yeah, just have yeah, random movies yeah, on I, there. Yeah, um, <laughs> that type of play. Yeah, you definitely won't come across this just pl- randomly playing on some cable or satellite. <laughs> I wouldn't think so, but you never know. But yeah, oh, yeah. I would definitely watch it again if it's just randomly on. I enjoyed it, so I'm gonna go solid three stars on that one. Uh, I would definitely recommend it if you're into. 80s comedy horror type movies like Reanimator, you know, some others that we mentioned earlier. Um, it definitely has, it's definitely 80s, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, get, I think we say that every time we do a movie about the 80s, but yeah. this one's definitely, uh, <laughs> it's definitely an 80s type of movie for sure. Yeah, there's, there's something I miss about that that you can't necessarily replicate. Even with retro type movies, you still can't replicate that type of, uh, I guess I don't know what it was, the thing that was going around in the 80s at that time where let's take all kinds of offensive splatter effects, let's take some this comedy element, this, you know, innovative type camera work with steady cam work or do this and that and then just put it together and, and this hodgepodge and it comes out Street Trash or Reanimator or Evil Dead or, you know, they, everybody still tries to do that now as far as the retro type movies, but you can tell that it's sort of a wink and a nod to the 80s. You know? Yeah. It doesn't come across the same way. I think it's just that, you know, the technology at the time coming together with the, you know, that everything kind of looks the same, really, you know, has that same feel to it. And uh, yeah. just the time period, I mean, it's hard to replicate that, but yeah, oh, you know, yeah. It's, it's like going back and making it. I mean, like, I think all decades probably have that feel to them. At least the 60s have a feel, the 70s, 80s. Oh, yeah, 70s have a feel. Even, yeah. even the 90s now that you go back, you know, 20 years later, yeah. you know, there's a feel to it. Um. I always feel like there's that late late '90s, early 2000s era of uh, horror movies that are like you know I think I, th- I, th- <clears throat> I think of them like Scream movies, the Scream movies or yeah, Final, Final the Destination. William Castle remakes. Yeah, yeah, like they just have and... a they have a feel to them, you know. Now that you go back and 
So it's kind of weird how it falls that way, but you know, yeah. This yeah actually, I have liked. I've gone back and watched some of those and liked them better now because at the time, say late '90s, early 2000s, when they were coming out, I'm still stuck in this mode of like, ah, oh, these movies suck compared to the ones from the '80s or the '70s, yeah. and you know, now going back and watching some of those, like 13 Ghosts, the remake, or even House on the Haunted Hill remake, I thought that they were better with some time behind them now for me. It's it's probably part of that feeling too that like now that we're in the you know, we're in the year twenty nineteen, we've seen so many reboots and remakes. Yeah, yeah. Now you just have to kinda of accept that like well <laughs> shit, they're not gonna stop doing this. So you yeah. either, either kinda of learn yeah, to you enjoy go back it and see or some just... of those that you watched before that were like, Oh man, this re- this is another remake and it yeah, sucked yeah. And, and then yeah, now that we're in thousands of remakes have been made. You just have to either kinda of like it or lump it basically. I mean that's yeah. you know, it's kinda of where you're at with a lot of these movies, but they have gotten better over the years, for sure, especially over the last, you know, five to ten years. I'm surprised they haven't tried to reboot Scream since that was such like a, a cultural thing. Like, like when that what? came out, like everybody saw Scream. Well, you know, they kind of did with that. Uh, they had that show on MTV that I don't think you know eventually did very uh, very well at all. Oh, the, yeah. yeah, the Scream TV show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I guess it lasted two or three seasons, or whatever. So they kind of did, but yeah, I'm yeah. sure they will eventually. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Everything comes around, man. True. So, sometimes yeah. it's better with, you know, like, just let it, leave it alone for a while. Let it breathe, you know. I'm sure, oh, yeah. I'm sure even, you know, when we finally get a new Friday the 13th, it'll do well, whether it's good or not, <laughs> just because it's been so long since we've had one now. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. So. All right. So I guess that uh, wraps up the discussion and review of uh, Street Trash. So we all definitely recommend it. Uh, we're all over three stars over that one. So. Um, oh, yeah. the word too to mention. I forgot to mention this too earlier. Was uh, New York filmmaking too? Uh, I don't know. We mentioned Frank Henelotter and Gregory Lamberson in there with that group. So, and, you know, if you do enjoy Street Trash, then you can check out Slime City from Gregory Lamberson or Basket Case, Brain Damage. All those, all that school of New York filmmaking uh, coming from the late seventies into the eighties is very I, similar and entertaining in the same sort of way. Yeah, I can see Basket Case definitely kind of falls similar to this, similar enough. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I thought this was pretty cool. Uh, I found this online. Uh, so apparently the idea for Street Trash uh, is taken from a Swamp Thing, like back in the 80s. Apparently issue 35 and 36, which I believe is called the Nuke Face Papers, huh. apparently is about drunken and destitute people drinking toxic waste. I wonder if that's. <laughs> I wonder if that's during Alan Moore's run on. Alan Moore. That's what yeah. I was thinking too. I wonder if it was Alan Moore's yeah. tenure in something. It's from Alan Moore's comic book. Yep, there you yeah. go. Ah, okay. yep. <laughs> yeah, that's a classic run right there. I think it was called Legend oh, of the yeah. Swamp Thing. I think that comic was. Um, mm. All right. So on the next show, the next edition, episode eight of the All American Spook Show, we will be watching the. I, I guess now. Creeping on classic, I guess you could might as well say it's a classic. Um, Rob Zombie's first movie, House of One Thousand Corpses, um, from two thousand three. Which I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I'm sure we'll go in and out of that. Which I'm, I'm not mistaken, probably was made years before that. Um, oh yes, yeah, yeah. Before it actually came out. But uh, yeah, there's some there's some cult classicness to that now. You know, with the characters, Captain Spaulding. Um, Otis, Baby, um, and it spawned another movie, The Devil's Rejects, and then there's going to be a new movie, hopefully, cross your fingers, in 2019, called Three from Hell. Um, 
So we'll have that to look forward to. So basically, we figured you know, since Three from Hell is coming at some point this year, hopefully, um, this will be a good launching point to you know get to the trilogy, so to speak, by the time that one comes out. So our next yep. episode will be about House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, and if y'all actually have stuck around and listened this this deep in, there's going to be a little surprise for you in, in this next one. Yeah, in the next episode, yeah, no doubt. So I guess... Uh, I guess that'll wrap it up. Any anything else you guys want to add before we take off here? I think I'm good. Yeah, I think that's it. All right. Well, for Smoke and for Will, I'm Josh. We are the All American Spook Show podcast. See you next time. Turn around, you prick! You, I'll bite your heart. You call me Mr. Durant, and listen. To everything I say Listen Cause I am the man And we Do everything my way If you Didn't know it before I'm sure You're gonna know it now You Better hear Shut your face, you little scumbag. Listen good. I'll tell you one thing, kid. You're gonna be sleeping with the fish, you little fuck. And this ain't no gag. So big mouth, what else could go wrong? Like you, do you believe me now when I say we do things my way? <laughs> and now the last laugh is on you, my friend, so you can stop the bullshit. Hasty departure, cuz. <laughs> oh, what's this? I'm starting to ooze. You little creep. What's this fucking shit? What are you trying to start here? Your face. I'm gonna reshape. I'm gonna eat your fucking eyeballs like grapes. Oh, God. Oh, 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 Christ. Till this fucking day, we did things. Ah, my, my way. Ah.